On day two of the 2022 NFL Draft, the Chargers selected playmaking safety JT Woods from Baylor. But did Tom Telesco reach in the third round? You are locked on Chargers. Your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer, and we've been covering the Chargers together for over six seasons. We're heading into our fifth season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. And we thank you guys for making this your first listen on a very special extra draft episode today. And to make sure you never miss a show like this, or if you're a new viewer, make sure to subscribe to the new Locked On Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show for free on all platforms wherever you get your podcast from because it is the second ever live YouTube edition of the Locked On Chargers podcast. And we're talking day two picks for the Chargers, which was only one, even though they put out that their second round pick was Cleo Mack, which I thought was clever. That's a great second round pick to have. But in the third round, 79th overall, they took JT Woods from Baylor, who might be considered a reach depending on where you look. So we'll talk about what he brings to the table and then the second segment get into how he fits in with Derwin James and the rest of the defense. Brandon Staley and Tom Telesco opened up about that a little bit. So that was nice to see, you know, hear how they feel about him and how they think he fits in. And then there's still six more picks to go for the Chargers just in the sixth and seventh rounds, right? And they have another fourth and fifth round pick too. So there's a lot of picks, eight picks that are going to be happening or seven picks for the Chargers on day three of the NFL draft. Make sure you guys are back tomorrow so that you can see it for the Chargers because it's going to happen in the morning time, 12 o'clock Pacific time, 9 a.m. Eastern time or 3 p.m. Eastern time. So make sure you guys get in because there's going to be a lot of picks and we'll be back on Monday to discuss those after we get to watch film on them. But we did get to watch David JT Woods, which was nice because we hadn't really thought about him leading up to this process and kind of came out of left field for us. But when you look at it, I think it depends where you look as far as if you think it was good value. So when you saw the pick, did you think it was a big reach by Tom Telesco, who's had a history of that in the third round? I mean, initially, Daniel, I, it just wasn't a position group I was expecting them to attack Safety, with right. this you know, 79th overall pick. I think that was the biggest thing for me overall as far as the, you know, the type of player that he is. I didn't know because I didn't get a chance to watch him. So uh, after I went back and watched some games and got a better idea of what he brings to the table, um, you know, I, I think it's it's a decent pick here. I think I can definitely see the application um, and I can I can understand what they were trying to go for with this pick. Yeah. And I mean, whether it's Trey Pipkins, right, or even going back to someone like Chris Watt, even last year, I mean, Josh Palmer and Trey McKitty, like Trey McKitty was thought to be a fifth round pick. Josh Palmer, maybe not much before that. Right. So we have seen it happen with Tom Telesco in the past. You can even go back to some later drafts to look at some of those third round picks. But you do have Keenan Allen in the third round. So there's some precedent for a very good player. And I think with this player, I at least get it. I mean, if you look at where he is ranked on prospect list, I mean, there's some like Dane Brugler, right? fourth or fifth round so when you look at that it seems like a reach right but then you look at someone like Daniel Jeremiah someone that sees the Chargers every day and he had him as his 67th overall prospect so he actually had it as a value pick for the Chargers but if you go to like pro football focus they had him as 80 right and they picked that 79 and ESPN and their composite rankings had him at 82 so it doesn't seem like a huge reach depending on where you look but I don't necessarily think it is because I do think that a lot of people thought corner 
but you are getting a good defensive back here with a lot of really good traits to work with in JT Woods. I mean, first of all, playmaking ability, David, six interceptions in 2021, led college football. He's also super athletic, ran a 4.36.30 or 40, and also has a 9.43 RAS score. So, you know, how much I look into that. And Daniel I mean, it's definitely on the RAS score. Right? Yeah. I mean, it was the huge vertical and broad jump. The explosive rankings he had, they were really well, good he ran track too. I mean, yeah. he, he was a hurdler. I mean, you could see the athleticism all over the tape. It's very yeah. clear. A hundred percent. There are some things I like too. I mean, a lot of good examples of, you know, chasing people down, good angles and tackling, obviously knows how to get the ball. A lot of weird interceptions too on his tape. I mean, a lot of bouncing balls, great ball awareness, and knows how to high point the ball and obviously gets himself in a lot of situations where he can take the football away. And then in the running game, he does close very quickly and eats up a lot of space, David. So I definitely think there's a lot of pros to look at when you're looking at this pick and projecting him out of the Chargers defense. Yeah, I mean, a long, tall, and fast defensive back. I mean, you, you mentioned the 4-340. I mean, this guy can absolutely fly, and he has the size that you're looking for. Um, he showed really, really strong ability to read and react. I think that's one of the better things I saw on, on tape when I was watching him and is he, he understands what's going on. He sees it and he goes, he explodes towards the ball carrier. And he, you know, he is definitely trying to make a tackle. Um, he, he played mostly in a split safety look too, which is mostly what Brandon Staley deploys for his defense. Brandon Staley talked about the pro style defense. Well, that's because it's pretty much the same style of defense that he is running. So you got a really good look of what it would look like to see him in the defense that the chargers are running. Um, you know, he looked very comfortable as that last line of defense defender playing, playing back. Um, you mentioned the ball skills, 12 passes defensed and nine interceptions in the last two seasons. I felt like he took pretty good angles to cut off ball carriers. Um, but the biggest thing for me, as far as something that I'd like to see cleaned up, Daniel is, is probably the tackling, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I think he gets there. Um, he also, he's a little bit slender with the frame. I think he could put on a little bit of good weight, but it's the ankle, ta the ankle tackles and the missed tackles. I think it's probably just because he's a little bit overzealous. I think he gets to the spot but he just doesn't always wrap up. I mean, I think that's something that needs to be cleaned up and improved upon at the NFL level. Yeah, and Brandon Staley was asked specifically about that, and he said it's just mostly about how he's trying to tackle guys because he isn't wrapping up and kind of echoed that sentiment. And I think the thing is with him that's frustrating is like you see some examples of him doing a really good job. I have one on my Twitter. You can check out at Dan Talk Sports of him just coming up, wrapping up near the line of scrimmage, getting downhill quickly. But yeah, when you get downhill that quickly, it's going to be tough sometimes to stay under control enough to especially get an elusive ball carrier at that spot. So I do think there are things he can clean up there. 195 pounds, as you said, very slight. A step late to some of the over-the-top coverage, but one thing Brand Staley did say is, you know, they love his processing and his mental, the mental side of his game, his mental makeup. But otherwise, I mean, plays a little bit upright for sure. I mean, he's a little bit stiff when he's turning and trying to break towards things, but obviously, you know, gets in the area enough to make six interceptions. So he does a lot of good things there as well, but can be deceived by some misdirection play action, a QB keeper touchdown against BYU where he just read the wrong hole, fell for the fake and gave up a big touchdown. So in the air, he only gave up one touchdown over the last two seasons though. So, I mean, he, there's a lot to like with this guy. And obviously when you look at what the Chargers needed in the secondary, they needed to get faster. There was too many instances last year where just like guys just look straight up slow. They needed playmaking ability, especially as Brandon Staley said, when you have guys like Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa getting after the passer, you want a guy that's going to be able to take advantage of those mistakes on the back end. So even though there are flaws, David, I mean, I definitely see what this pick 
why they did it. And I do think that they probably must have just thought, you know, this guy was not going to be available to them in the fourth round. Yeah, I mean, like I said, the things that stick out, the size and the speed and and the the ball hawking ability. I mean, that's one thing the Chargers sorely lacked last year. They did not get a lot of interceptions, not a lot of turnovers. You got a lot of the forced fumbles, um, but you saw a lot of balls hit the dirt, you know, that should have been intercepted. Uh, you know, so I think adding guys that have more ability coupled with, you know, better pass rush, ho- hopefully with Khalil Mack and, and Joey Bosa and occasionally Derwin James getting after the quarterback, that's going to open up opportunities for guys to be able to get their hands on the football. So adding another player that has a pedigree of taking the ball away um, and who has one of the uh, the sickest nicknames in college football, the heartbreak kid. Hello. <laughs> I mean, I'm an I'm a big WWE fan. So that definitely uh, is something that's near and dear to my heart. Um, but he did that. You know, he got that nickname because he got interceptions to close out games and that that won games for his team and and broke the hearts of the opposing offenses that he was going up against. So, you know, hey, to have that kind of nickname, that kind of ball skills, he has that swagger. He's going to fit in nicely and he's going to be in a secondary with Derwin James and Jackson guys that are alpha dogs in this league. They're going to be able to bring him along. I think this is a guy that's going to fit in very nicely to this Chargers secondary. And that's what we have to get into is just what this means for someone like Derwin James. What does this mean for Nazir Adderley, you know, and just also the Chargers defensive back group as a whole, because they may not have added a corner, but the defensive backs and the way Brand Staley deploys his defensive backs, it definitely helped the entire secondary. And I definitely see how he, you know, fits into the whole thing. So we'll get into that next. But one thing that won't break your heart are Shady Ray's sunglasses, because even if you break them, they will replace them because Shady Rays is crazy like that. And they're an independent sunglasses company that gives you the features of $200 sunglasses for a fraction of the price. That means polarized lenses, well-constructed, durable frames, and premium high-end finishes. Also, something you won't find anywhere else is Shady Rays' insane protection program. Shady Rays includes lost and broken protection on every pair. They will send you a brand new pair if you lose them, no matter what happened. Give them a try, and if you don't love them, you'll pay nothing. It's as simple as that. Plus, 10 meals are donated to Fight Hunger in America. When you shop with Shady Rays exclusively for our listeners, head to ShadyRays.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON to get 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. That's code LOCKEDON for their best deal of the season. 50% off two or more pairs of Shady Rays sunglasses backed by over 150,000 verified five-star reviews. All right, David, well, we talked about the prospect himself, and I do think that he is a prospect that it's easy to get excited about, and I do think he still comes in and has a chance to play this year right and that is something that brandon staley said is he thinks this guy can have a role for the chargers very early on and we got to hear from telesco and staley but it was nice to hear from staley specifically because he's the one deploying the defense and when and you're he's thinking always a little more forthcoming than tom telesco is let's be honest. oh yeah very much more transparent than tight-lipped tom telesco for sure but like there is a chance that he could find a way onto the field and definitely on special teams which was mentioned by Telesco and Staley, you can definitely see him being a part of the kicking game, as Brandon Staley would like to say. And I do think, David, that when you're getting a third-round pick, especially in the situation where the Chargers are at right now, you want somebody that's going to be able to come in and at least have some sort of role for you in the season where you have big aspirations like they do. Absolutely. I mean, I think you look at him and, and you you know, you know look at the safety group as a whole, right, and, and how they performed last year. And, you know, you definitely understand why the Chargers would feel like they need to go out and get some insurance for that safety position. They got to have somebody that can come in 
and and be serviceable on, on the back end if you know if and when injuries inevitably hit you. I mean, so add more value, yeah, and then you have to see <laughs> Trey Marshall get out there and play a lot more snaps than he was ever intended on playing for you, and you saw the the unfortunate results that were a byproduct of that. So adding another guy that you feel comfortable with as the last line of defense defender playing that deep part of the field it just allows you to one have better depth but also be more versatile and you all you know that's what Brandon Staley is trying to do he is trying to play the matchups he's trying to be able to create the best possible situation for an advantage for the defense over the offense when it was something that we yelled about last year, right? It's like, hey, you don't have any depth at safety. You're watching the rounds go by in the draft and wondering how they continued to pass up on the need and they ended up taking Mark Webb with a seventh-round pick, but it wasn't enough. No. And Alohi Gilman is a guy that was taken by a different regime. That was the Anthony Lynn regime when they were drafting different kind of players, and he was the sixth you know, defensive back on the field now the sixth defensive back that's the role he could be going for that's the the dime role and what that does David is it frees up Derwin James and Brandon Staley was asked about that and just how it unlocks potentially Derwin James what he said is like obviously you don't want to take Derwin James out of the you know deep part of the field because of his playmaking ability but when you have two guys who can really get after it like Nazir Adderley and now that with JT Woods now you can have Derwin James up near the line of scrimmage and not feel like you're sacrificing the ball production in the deep part of the field. And Nazir Adderley hasn't really gotten his hands on as many balls as we thought because he was a huge ball producer in college as well at Delaware. He's been close. He's been <laughs> close, close, but no cigar. Close doesn't win you games I mean, most of the time. But Man, I thought this he, was horseshoes and hand grenades, man. Yeah, but I mean, I think it's easy to see, you know, why this was an exciting pick for Char- the Chargers specifically and for Brandon Staley because, like, you can easily see how this helps him really free up, you know, Derwin James. If a guy like JT Woods on the back end with, you know, a 9.46 RAS score is replacing a guy in Alohi Gilman on the back end who is, I think, at 2.37. Oh, my goodness. Um, <laughs> I think the, the one thing that really sticks out to me as far as that in particular is you know Derwin James can lock up Travis Kelsey like and, and eliminate him and erase him. So if you got Duran James one-on-one on on Travis Kelsey and you have another capable body on the back end, that allows you to do that. That allows you to use Derwin James as that eraser and eliminate the, you know, Travis Kelsey's of the world and make the chiefs try to beat you with anybody else. Mm -hmm. I mean, we saw how that worked out, um, you know, against the chiefs last year when Duran James was in Travis Kelsey was quiet when he was not in, he went completely off. So, you know, uh, uh, adding to this position and, and creating better value and having better athletes on your defense, I think is only going to benefit and allow Derwin James to be used maybe a little bit less, right? And, and a little bit more concentrated, not le- less, you know, as far as, you know, having to have him on the <laughs> back end. I mean, you can really concentrate on where you, you can use him, him less as a traditional safety. As I think that you're getting at. Yes, exactly. You, you can really put him where the football is going to be and try to improve those takeaways that we know Derwin James is capable of providing. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing is about the Chargers going safety in round three with what we think is a pretty big need at corner with at least CB4, right? And potentially CB3, depending on how Michael Davis bounces back this year. Yeah. The thing about Brandon Staley is like he, the way he's looking at it seemingly is that he has, you know, 
safeties that can be slot cornerbacks, which is really meaning you're only having two of those dudes on the outside making, in this sense, Michael Davis your third best corner, right? If you're using Derwin James in the slot, if you're using Nazir Adderley in the slot, something like that. So, like, that's why he always wants these defensive backs. And what he said now is you have four safeties that have slot flex, meaning that they can cover someone in the slot. The more you can play in the slot, it gives you a numbers advantage. It's the speed plus the way this guy processes. When you have both of those, you can make a special defensive back. And so I think what he's getting himself is the most flexibility as possible, right? And one thing that he really referenced a lot when the Chargers season wasn't going the way that he needed it to go was we don't have our secondary together. Like we have just had no time for these guys in the back end to really, you know, mesh. And then it really affected how the Chargers defense played to the tune of 27 points per game allowed over the season. And a lot of people were focused on the run defense for good reason. It was bad, but it never really worked on the back end. And when the Chargers did finally get a little bit better at stopping the run, it didn't really help because they were giving up a ton of plays on third down and they were giving up too many plays in the passing game. But now, David, you've replaced from last year. You had Chris Harris Jr., right? And now you add J.C. Jackson instead of him. And behind his ear, Adderley and Derwin James, now you have a guy like J.T. Woods. That's two very, very big improvements to a secondary, potentially with J.T. Woods, definitely with J.C. Jackson. That could help the Chargers. Well, I mean, I just got to love what the Chargers have done as a whole as far as addressing their defense. I mean, better pass rush with Khalil Mack. Stopping the run better with Mack and Austin Johnson and Sebastian Joseph Day and better playmaking ability on the back end with J.C. Jackson. Now you add another athlete here with J.T. Woods. Uh, I just think that, you know, your your top-end talent is, is very, very good. And now your depth is starting to get better, too. And you're getting closer and closer to that complete football team that you're going to need to be to be able to compete not only in the in the AFC West, but in in a very, very tough AFC conference. Yeah, and I mean, I think it's fair to look back last year and and look at that team and see why they would make this pick. Because, yeah, you're talking, and Brandon Staley talked about, look how many wide receivers just got drafted. Look at the wide receivers that got traded into this division, like a Devontae Adams, right? You need all the players in the secondary that you can get. And when you take a more broad look at it, just if you're, you know, I know they have a need at corner, but if I'm just looking at what the defensive backfield needs, right, they've added a lot of talent to that even though it hasn't necessarily been at corner. And I think that is something where you look back last year and say, how much talent did they really have, right? An undrafted free agent in Michael Davis. You had an aging Chris Harris Jr. and a rookie second-round pick in Asante Samuel Jr. that missed a lot of games, leaving way for another undrafted you know, free agent in Tavon Campbell. That's two undrafted free agents in an aging, banged-up Chris Harris Jr. that they had on the back end. Like, for as good as Brandon Staley's defense was with the Rams, you start looking at those pieces – even though Michael Davis started doing pretty well under Gus Bradley's system, like he didn't have a lot to work with. Now he has more weapons at the very least. Now he has different ways he can mix things up where he couldn't before. It's and a hopefully, different looking movie, right? Uh, as Brandon <laughs> Staley likes to say. It's a different looking movie for sure. But I just think that now on the back end also, hopefully you can find players that you trust to let him really start unleashing some of the wrinkles that we haven't seen, I don't think, because of him being afraid of what's on the back end, right? And what you kind of open up when you're doing those exotic kind of things. And when we did see those exotic things, when they were in positions to where they could do those, they almost always worked. They turned into sacks that turned into turn, turning the ball over and getting it back to Justin Herbert. So, I mean, they needed to do several things in order to be able to deploy those packages more, namely stopping the run and getting after the quarterback 
they are definitely going to be able to do that at a much higher level now that they have added the pieces that they've added. So now they're better up front. They're better in the secondary and they have more turnover potential now that they have added these players. You've got to love the vision. They finally are concentrating on addressing this unit. The offense looks great. Now the defense is starting to match up. Hopefully this is the connected team that Brandon Staley was trying to, to uh, accomplish to get here. Yeah, and we'll see how it all plays out in training camp. Or as Brandon Staley said, when the pads come on. But I think when you look at the defensive back group as a whole, two things you were you really needed, right? Athletes getting faster and getting longer, but just that kind of body in that defensive backfield and that kind of athlete. And also those takeaway abilities that you haven't seen from some of those other guys like Michael Davis, right? or even Nazir Adderley. Now they got those two great things. But another two great things are eating something that tastes good while also eating something that's healthy for you. And that's what you get with Built Bar. And that's what makes it a different breed of protein bar. And in my opinion, the best protein bar on the planet. Because with Built Bar, you don't have to make that tough decision of eating something good or eating something that fits on your diet because you get both. You have great flavors to choose from. And most bars come with only 130 calories or less, less than four grams of sugar and less than four grams of net carbs as well, while also being packed with 17 grams of protein. And you're getting flavors like chocolate peanut butter, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, coconut almond, mint and brownie, so many to choose from, so little time. And there's only so many that you can eat before you just get stuffed. But you're getting something that's not going to taste chalky. It's not going to taste waxy. You're getting something that's 100% covered in real chocolate and soft and easy to chew. You can go Built Puffs as well. Protein-infused marshmallow with cinnamon churro flavor, banana cream pie flavor, or new Built Granola Bars. All at Built.com. And since you listen to this show, if you go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15, you can get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15, all caps, one word for 15% off at Built.com. All right, David. Well, there are some positions the Chargers passed up on to take JT Woods in the third round at 79 overall. And some ones we're definitely looking at going into day three, right, that they could try to address. And obviously, the later on it gets, the less impact potentially the player could have on the Chargers roster this year. But when you're also looking at it, David, there are some positions like RB2 that could still get filled in this draft class, even with a fourth round pick. Or later, and when I'm looking at the guys that are available, that's definitely the one that sticks out. Even if it's not the Chargers' biggest need, we know they need somebody there, and there's still a lot of talented players left on the board. Yeah, there really is. I mean, I think that's uh, like, and we talked about beforehand. I, I think the running back group in this draft is very deep, and there's still a lot of options. The high end talent, most of that's gone, but you do have guys like Isaiah Spiller out of Texas A&M, who's a bigger kind of bruising type of running back. Uh, you have Damian Pierce out of Florida, who you know, is one of the guys that I, I scouted who's still on the board. Strong pass protector, rarely ever goes down on first contact. Uh, 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 really strong hands as well. Um, he's not the quickest guy, but he is a, a big bruiser. Hassan Haskins is another guy that is still on the board that I really liked. Fits your profile, yeah. yeah fits the profile I'm looking for, a bigger body type of guy. A guy that really reminded me of the way that M- uh, Melvin Gordon runs the football uh, although he never fumbled in 476 touches in college, which is uh, you know one of the biggest things that is a differenti- differentiating factor between him and Mr. Melvin Gordon. But uh, I think a lot of value there still to be uh, to be had, and some quality players that you can still take and bring into the building and hopefully solve your RB two problem. 
Yeah, and I mean, even though the top guys like Kenneth Walker and Brees Hall are gone, I mean, there haven't been a ton of running backs drafted. I mean, there's been a couple surprise ones, but yeah, three, when Isaiah... Three or four, I, yeah. Yeah, th- yeah, three or four. I think it's... I mean, Rasheed White from uh, Arizona State mm-hmm. went for sure. Yeah. But yeah, Isaiah Spiller was thought of as like, at worst, maybe the third best running back in this draft class by a lot of people. And even if they don't fill it there, right, there's just still so many options still available. You also have Zamir White, aka Zeus White, who obviously would be a good fit with that name going into the Chargers backfield and also has a lot of that one cut and go in breakaway speed that you're looking for from that position. And you also have other guys who could go later, like a Pierre Strong Jr. And also a guy that I love in Keontae Ingram, obviously still on the board as well. The Chargers could tack that on late. And I'd like their chances of getting some production out of him. But the other big thing we talked about, David, was speed wide receiver going into the draft. And obviously when you look at the Chargers first round pick, we thought there may be options there. Those ended up drying up very quickly, and you get a good option in Zion Johnson for sure. But one of your main guys, David, a guy that you were looking to fill that exact need for, the Chargers still out there. That's right, and uh, kind of a little bit of a surprise here going into the fourth round uh, of the draft tomorrow. Calvin Austin, the third, is still That is available. surprising. He's still on the board. Um, you know, just freakish speed. I mean, he, he has incredible long speed. He has that good stop and start ability. He's tough. He's a little smaller, which is maybe one of the reasons why he has slid down the draft board a little bit. But this guy can absolutely fly. Um, and he has that big, big speed that, that you want and the Chargers desperately need to add to the wide receiver core. But there's also one of your guys that is still <laughs> available, Daniel. And I'm talking about Bo Melton out of Rutgers. Yeah, I mean, a guy that would make a lot of sense for the chargers. I mean, I think with Calvin Austin, obviously the biggest thing is the size, right? Five foot seven, definitely a slider guy, but has a ton of playmaking ability and has a lot of juice, more juice than Bo Melton does for sure. Cause he can get it after the catcher. He can get it deep. He does both of those things very well. Bo Melton, I think is a better, you know, a good value pick to get a lot of those same things, not as electric, but does bring some juice after the catch does have good deep speed, can track the ball. Well, I really liked what I saw from Bo Melton. So when you're talking about now coming up on the fourth round pick at pick 123 or even potentially getting him later, I'm a huge fan of that because you are checking those boxes of getting a very talented player where you don't feel like it's a reach while also filling a big role in what you need from that wide receiver group specifically because it's not just needing a wide receiver. It's needing a specific type of wide receiver, a receiver that can either bring you some yards after the catch or can bring you that deep speed that's hopefully going to open up the offense for you, right, and open things up for an Austin Eckler and a Keenan Allen and guys like that that are really going to thrive underneath because last year you didn't have that guy. So even though these dudes are getting open, not a lot of yards after the catch and not a lot of space to work with when you don't have somebody that's truly threatening over the top. The Chargers, when talking about that need specifically, said they want a more well-rounded guy that can threaten you deep or also do the things underneath that make you afraid, right? So you can't just only prep for the deep part of their game that's going to dwindle a little bit, right? So it's the do they find that guy. Obviously, their wide receiving core was very productive last year. Still some things they can add to it. David, when you're looking at positions, though, that the Chargers still need that you're looking at going into day three and rounds four, five, six, and seven, where would you go with it next? Yeah, I mean, I think another position group that that still kind of got some quality that's left there is actually corner. Uh, I think there's several players at corner, you know, like Zion McCollum out of Sam Houston still available. (laughs) RES freak. 10 yeah. RAS scores. I'm a column. It's still out there. Yeah. 10. 10, as in best ever. 10. Most athletic. Uh, 
Jalen Armour Davis, uh, one of your guys out of Alabama, and one of my guys, Kobe Bryant out of Cincinnati, is also available. As far as position groups, uh, I expect the Chargers to address here. I think that you know they could still add some pieces on the defensive line. I think they can add some depth there. Edge rusher, I think, is you know still the talent is dwindling there. But you want to you know look at traits, see if there's any twitchy athletes out there that you know have some things, some makeup. That, that you can develop there as far as offensive line, you know, potentially, you know, a, a backup there. Um, uh, but I, I think that's really what they're going to be looking at trying to add. I think backup running back, you know, some defensive line help, some edge help. Um, and I, I think that's really what the focuses are going to be, but Hey, with the, with the chargers having, you know, eight more draft picks um, it, it's going to be interesting to see where they are going to go and how they're going to go about trying to, you know, create a super bowl roster. Yeah, I mean, these are all needs for the Chargers, right? You could use some depth at defensive tackle. You could use edge three. You could use CB4. And obviously, that's a lot of good talent. I mean, Tariq Woolen's still out there, too. Another guy that was thought to be picked up already at this point. Even with the early run on corners and the super heavy run, I mean, the second round and on day two, I mean, there's still some talented guys out there that didn't get picked up in round three that I definitely thought would. I mean, Jalen Armour Davis, for sure. One of those guys, especially if you're taking him fourth round with the upside that he brings, even with some questionable things there as far as the health goes. I mean, that's a, a dart I'd be willing to throw at the dartboard considering it's all a crapshoot, right? But getting good players from winning programs, as Brandon Saylor loves to do, getting well, we that kind of Alabama about offensive guy. offensive line, too. And, I mean, James here says Max Mitchell, one of the guys that you were talking about still on the I board. I did bring that up. Yeah. Max Mitchell was one of my favorite guys as far as the developmental guys. I think the thing is, is me and David were also talking about before the show is just – you basically have two developmental tackles in Trey right. Pipkins and Storm Norton right now. And I think, you know, that Max Mitchell or someone like that, right? Out of the guys that are left over, I like Max Mitchell and what the value would be over even someone like Daniel Falele just because he's a mountain of a man. I like the skills of Max Mitchell a little bit more from what I saw. I was super impressed. I think he's being slept on. There's some other guys out there. I think Braxton Jones from Southern Utah, right, is another guy that's out there, a developmental guy. But do you take another developmental tackle when you don't think they're going to push for a starting job, right? I, I think that someone like a Max Mitchell, what they could do is push one of those guys off the roster potentially yeah. in Storm Norton, right, or in Trey Pipkins and take their spot and give you a better swing tackle option or something like that. But you're still betting on a developmental guy at this point. And I think that's the other thing about like JT Woods, right? Not only can he help you right now, but like now they're building up that insurance. Like, what if Nazir Adderley doesn't show it this year and he reaches the end of that contract, right? Yeah. I think the Chargers could do that at other positions as well and start setting themselves up for the future, especially if a direct position of need doesn't necessarily pop up and they feel like it's value at that pick. I think going into day three, though, David, I, the game plan, though, is, is trying to find a few, right? Trying to find a few players who can be contributors because the one thing we've seen from Tom Telesco and haven't seen enough, actually, is just finding those contributors with those mid to late round picks and the Chargers have a window right now. If you can find some of these guys and hit on some of these guys, they're going to be such key backup pieces for you and depth pieces for, for you and also huge leverage pieces when some of the players you have right now are going into free agency because guess what? You have a ton of big contracts and a couple more on the horizon with Justin Herbert and Derwin James. So like getting guys to hit right here and getting the value of those rookie contracts and having those guys play snaps and play special teams and find Central. roles on this team. It's huge. I mean, it's absolutely huge. And it's going to what that's how you get ex six, you know, success extended. That's how you keep yeah. stacking those successes on top of each other. 
you build for now and you build for the future. And I mean, it is all in right now as it should be. And they've made some moves that, you know, show they're trending in that direction. But like, these are the low key kind of sneaky picks, David, that are really going to determine things because the Tom Telesco's hit on those first rounders, right? He's hit on some yeah. second rounders. Yeah. Hasn't hit enough on the mid round guys. And I think that's yeah. what's going to keep this team, keep the window open longer. If they're able to find guys that are cheap, that can come in and contribute, find a couple diamonds in the rough that can come in and be starters eventually, right? And find these guys that other teams are overlooking. That's the goal because Tom Telesco has been great with undrafted free agents. Now we just hope he takes that same mentality into the seventh round with those four seventh round picks and into the sixth round and find some guys that can come in and help. It's going to be a big task to do, David, but right now it's more important than ever. But that is going to wrap things up on our extra special bonus day episode. Thank you guys for checking it out live on YouTube or also on Twitter and everyone who's listening to the podcast as it comes out as well. We appreciate all of you. And to make sure you never miss a show like this, subscribe to the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show for free on all platforms, wherever you get your podcast from. We're also streaming this on our Twitter at LockedOnLAC as well. You can follow us there. We post the shows there every day. You can follow me on Twitter at DanTalkSports and David Drogmeyer on Twitter at DrogTalkSD. But if you guys didn't put your thoughts in the comments, you guys can call into the Lockdown Chargers voicemail line. We'll definitely be getting into some of those draft reactions. Those are always fun. You can call that at 323-524-7924 to get your thoughts on the show. And you can also follow us on our new Instagram page at Locked On Chargers and our Locked On Chargers Facebook page. But it's been a lot of fun, David. It's been exhausting, but we will be back with you guys on Monday after we get a chance to watch all these later round picks because there may be a great you know, chance that we haven't seen some of these guys, especially with how the Chargers draft sometimes. So we'll be back with you guys then and break everything down and how this entire draft class went. But until then, take it easy and go Bolts.